It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you guys here from Panthers Wire on another start of another week. Well, it's Tuesday, but we're back from the weekend and back at the final week of the preseason. It's hard to believe and pretty exciting, actually, that, that, that this is the final week of the preseason, which means we just have to get through this one last week. And then final cuts come on Saturday and waiver claim Sunday. And then it's time to get ready for week one and the Los Angeles Rams. And a quick note about week one. There had been some talk, of course. Obviously, all the talk right now is about Cam Newton and his uh, his, uh, lower leg and his ankle. Uh, He didn't practice or he didn't throw on Sunday, but he was back out of practice. He was throwing again on Monday. And Coach Ron Rivera came out Tuesday and says there's no doubt that Cam Newton will be ready for week one. And, and I said at the time of the injury, too, that uh, it it seemed like this was going to be, you know, he j- just needed a, f- a few days to rest. Uh, so with two and a half weeks to go before the season, I f- felt pretty good about his chances coming back week one. Uh, week one against the the Rams. Remember we talked about uh, David Chow, that former NFL team doctor that gives some really unique insight into a lot of these sports injuries. And remember, remember we'd said he, or in his opinion, if this was a regular season game, he thought Newton would have been back out there um, and, and still playing. So this, I guess, at least in his mind, and when you think about it, this is just a precautionary reason being still only the preseason, uh, two and a half weeks to go before the regular season. Again, they mentioned the walking boot really was just because of uh, to prevent swelling and especially with the uh, the flight home from Foxborough. So Rivera, and again, it, it could be coaches speak. Obviously, he's, he's trying to stay positive, trying to you know at least keep the hope that Newton – is going to be in play for week one, but I still kind of felt too with, you know, all the opinions that I've heard that he was going to have a good shot to be ready to go week one. He just needed this time to rest, you know, and seeing him back out there throwing already is, is a, a good sign. And again, we still have, what are we at now? 12 days until that opener against the Rams. So that's still for a minor injury like this. That seems like it's plenty of time for Newton to get healed up and ready to go. Obviously, he's not going to play on Thursday against the Steelers, and there's no reason for him to do so, nor will any of the starters, uh, as you've kind of seen really across the entire league. A lot of the starters really haven't played at all this season. A a bunch of teams didn't play their starters at all last week in the preseason and what's supposed to be the regular season dress rehearsal, but we really didn't see that uh, this year from a lot of teams. The Panthers were one of those teams that uh, you saw their starters or a good bit of their starters play pretty well into the second quarter, but not too many of them played into the third quarter. Um, But they, they at least got their reps in, but I think that's kind of the trend you're starting to see 
with a lot of these NFL teams. A lot, a lot of, a lot of folks, a lot of uh, analysts, and just people in general seem to be pointing to the Rams as kind of the trendsetter here in terms of uh, resting their starters, not really playing their starters at all in the preseason. You're, and you're starting to see more and more teams kind of follow suit. And I think that's just going to help add to the argument that the preseason needs to shorten. You know, it, it doesn't need to go away, but it needs to get cut. I, I think we're over the days now of uh, four weeks of, of the preseason. I think two weeks is plenty. One home game, one away game. Let your starters play for a little bit one game, and then let those that are fighting for a roster spot play in about a game and a half. I don't think you really need four weeks to get ready for a 16-week season. I mean, look at other sports. The NBA and the NHL both play 82 games, and they only play about six, seven, eight preseason games. So they, they only play, they only go for about maybe what, a week and a half, two weeks at that. And th- then they're playing, they're having the regular season for about eight months. And the NFL is still going for about four months. So you, you really don't need four weeks to uh, to get ready for the NFL season. I think two is plenty. So expect a lot of, a lot of the young guys to play and a lot of, uh, a lot of battles to be won. Uh, certainly some, Real good roster battles still shaping up. So really going to be excited to see this final preseason game and see who makes the final roster. And that's what I really wanted to talk about here on this episode is my latest that I just kind of worked on the other night. My latest uh, 53-man roster projection for the Carolina Panthers going into the final preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and and I think when you look at uh the Panthers roster as a whole and look at some of these battles I mean there, there's some intriguing battles uh the back end of the wide receiver spot I think is one uh the, th- the third running back spot is another the nickel spot so there, there's a lot of places here I think where um a, lo- a lot of places here where a lot of this up for grabs, especially, I think, this week. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But before we jump into that, uh, jump into that first, or, or jump into my roster projection, I want to take a quick moment, of course, to Shout out a couple of our good buddies. One of them, of course, being our friends over at BlueChew.com. Our old, our old buddies, they've been with us for a long while. BlueChew, of course, the first chewable with the same FDA-approved in- active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know that they work, and they work anytime, day or night. And you can even take them on a full stomach. And, of course, this is, 
This isn't just for men who can't perform. It's for those that want to get that extra function in bed, want that round two. Uh, so a lot of a lot of great benefits for uh, from Blue Chew. And of course, we got the special offer for you guys here at Locked On. Visit BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. All you got to do is pay $5 in shipping. That's it. The, sh- the the product itself is free. Just pay the $5 in shipping, and you can try the Blue Chew products. So, again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code locked on. Get your first, uh, first shipment for free. Just pay the $5 in shipping. And our friends, of course, over at MyBookie, of course, back on with us. After a great run last year. Uh, so it's a new season, of course, with my bookie. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. But the one thing that has not changed is where we here at the Lockdown Network are putting our money down on all the games. And that is my bookie. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. The, the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. And this year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, I mean, we would I would only recommend the service... To you listeners, that's been good to us here, and my bookie is the right play here because you bet, you win, they pay. They have live in-game betting on every NFL game, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and you can even, if you're big on fantasy, bet the over-under on fantasy points for any player. So listen up. This is our special offer for you guys right now from my bookie. You get up to a $1,000 First deposit bonus, so you can double your first deposit. All you gotta do is pro- use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. So create your account at MyBookie, M Y B O O K I E, and use the promo code Locked On, and you can get up to one thousand dollars on your first deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So let's talk about the Panthers roster, at least how I kind of see the the roster shaping up going into the final week of the preseason. So we'll start at the quarterback position. Uh, I still... I'm holding solid with three quarterbacks making this roster. Cam Newton, Will Greer, and Kyle Allen. Really, I think you could say Kyle Allen is going to be the backup because Will Greer obviously has struggled this preseason. Uh, Doesn't look like he's ready to be a backup quarterback yet. I think he's better suited right now as the number three guy. 
but at least somebody that the Panthers will likely carry on the active roster. You know, being a third-round pick, they're not going to risk waiving him and having somebody claim him and stash him on their practice squad, or even better yet, bring him up to the active roster. So Greer's not going anywhere, and I don't think Allen's going to go anywhere. So as I've been saying, I think, for a couple weeks, I think Taylor Heineke is going to be the odd man out here. Running backs... You know, this was tough. Running backs was one of those positions I really thought about, you know, as as I was making these final cuts. Uh, Running back was tough, but in the end, you know, became kind of a numbers game with other positions. You'll you'll see that I kind of loaded up a bit on defense. So running back ended up getting cut a bit. I only have three running backs on the roster, at least three tailbacks. Christian McCaffrey, Cameron Artis-Payne, and Jordan Scarlett. Obviously, McCaffrey's a lock. Uh, nothing else needs to be said there. Artist Payne, I think, has pretty much secured his spot as well. Uh, he's performed well as the backup running back. He has special teams value, so he's not going anywhere. And then I think Jordan Scarlett might just give a, give the Panthers a little bit more overall than Bonifon and uh, Elijah Holyfield. But I think those are guys that the Panthers might be lucky enough to be able to stash at least one of them, if not both, uh, on the practice squad. Though I don't know if they're going to be able to get both, but maybe maybe at least one of them. But we'll see. But I, I think I think Scarlett has the edge right now. If we're only keeping three running backs, if we do keep a fourth, I think Bonifon has the edge over uh, Holyfield. So that's how I'd rank the five right now. It would be McCaffrey, Artis Payne, Scarlett, Bonifon, and. Uh, and Elijah Holyfield. So depending on where the Panthers make that cut line with the running backs, I think is depend will depend or will determine which running backs get cut. Um, and of course, part of that also has to do with the fact that they obviously really like Alex Armour. They're going to keep him on as the fullback, so that's that's going to take up a spot. Uh, wide receivers actually rolling with six now. Last time I had seven. But this time, I think Jaden Mickens gets cut. I think, and, and again, my thought too was, I think they're going to load up on defense a little bit, you know, with having the uh, the three four and the four three kind of hybrid looks. I think they're going to want a lot of players. I think they're going to want a lot of guys to kind of rotate in and out, or at least have some depth pieces. So the offense took a, a little bit of a hit, not a major hit, but. Uh, kind of had to cut back a little bit there to kind of help with the defense. In the end, it, it still ended up uh, 25 and 25, actually, offense and defense. So it still worked out even. Uh, but six wide receivers, obviously, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Jairus Wright are locks. There's there's no question about that. I think Chris Hogan is solidly in as the number four. I think they can utilize him a little bit. Torrey Smith, they still have a thing for him. They can still kind of use him a little bit as kind of an extra deep threat. So I, so I think he sticks as number five. And then Terry Godwin, I think, is going to get the sixth spot more because he looks like he's kind of, you know, it may not be official, but I feel like he's won the punt returning job. And that, I think, alone is going to give him that final spot over someone like Jaden Mickens. But I wouldn't be surprised. I, w- I would not rule out Jaden Mickens still making this roster, perhaps over Terry Godwin, or perhaps, like I had before, maybe they keep seven receivers and have both Godwin 
and Mickens. But right now, I uh, just have the six. Offensive line, same as the last projection. Nine offensive linemen. Uh, obviously, your starters. Darrell Williams, Greg Van Roten, Matt Paradis, Trey Turner, Taylor Moten, and then four reserves. Greg Little, Taylor Hearn, Tyler Larson, Dennis Daly. And I don't think anything's really going to change with that. Little, obviously, is going to be your swing tackle as the backup. Hearn is going to back up uh, Van Roten at left guard. Larson's going to back up Paradis at center. And Daly is, you know, like Little, your versatile backup guy, as we know he's been doing both tackle and guard. Uh, three tight ends. I think that one's going to be a pretty easy cut as well. You know, the other tight ends have... Looked pretty decent, but in the end, they really only need the three. You're obviously going to see a lot of Greg Olson and Ian Thomas in a lot of two tight end sets. And then Chris Manhurts is in for his blocking ability. He's been a solid number three for some time now for the Panthers, and that's going to continue. So I think they're just going to stick with those three. You know, they may be able to stash Vanderland on the practice squad again. Maybe someone claims them. We'll see. Then you get to the defensive side of the ball, and I have... Seven guys on the defensive line, and I, th you know, we're also kind of using this as, um, if if you look at the roster on uh, our lads, you'll see I took these names kind of based on that. So like your nose tackle and your two DNs in the three four front. Obviously McCoy, Poe, and Short are going to be your front three when they're in the the three four look, and then I think Cox, Love, and Butler. Still get in as backups. And I still kept... I This was a change I made from last time. And um, in, in a way, one of the additions that came from the subtraction at the wide receiver position. F.A. Obata, right now I have as one of the last players making this team. I mean, the kid just competes so well. And um, I think there's still enough room uh, in this rotation, again, especially with the defensive mix that they're going to have, especially up front. I think there might be some kind of even rotational role for F.A. Obata. So I think right now he just squeaks in there, um, but he's squarely on, on the bubble. You know, he he's obviously one of those guys that can go either way. Uh, but right now I have Obata in. Linebackers, and again, in this case, we're talking about the uh, outside linebackers in the 3-4 look, and of course they'll also play D-end in the 4-3 look, and then of course your inside linebackers, Mario Addison, Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, Bruce Irvin, Brian Burns, Jermaine Carter, Andre Smith, Marquise Haynes, Jared Norris, Christian Miller. So 10 guys there uh, among the linebacker crew. I feel good about, obviously Addison is a lock, Keekley's a lock. Thompson, Irvin, Burns, they're all locks. I think Carter and Smith are solid as well because they're going to be the backups to Keekley and Shaq, especially in the 3-4 look. So I think they're pretty solid. I think they've they've seen a lot of Marquise Haynes. I think you get the sense that Haynes has earned his spot as well as that situational pass rusher. And then uh, Jared Norris, uh, his special teams value made it, Made it actually pretty difficult for me to cut him. And then Christian Miller. He may not get a lot of playing time, but I still feel the Panthers can develop him, can kind of do something with him. And, I mean, he was a high fourth-round pick, so it's not like he was a, a, ter a terrible pick. 
And I, I don't know. They I, I don't know if the Panthers would want to risk losing him if they try waving him. I think there's a way that Christian Miller can still sneak onto this team. He may not give a lot of special teams value, but I think down the line you can work with him and he can be like a Marquise Haynes where he can come in on passing downs and just get after the quarterback. And then secondary was another one where I had a an interesting time figuring it out. But in the end, I ended up with eight defensive backs. Uh, Dante Jackson, James Bradbury, Eric Reed, Trey Boston. You know, they're, they're going to be the starters. Uh, Ross Cockrell, I ended up keeping because of his versatility. We've seen now he can play both corner and safety. So I think that helps a bit. Same with Rashawn Galden. So really those guys kind of save spots, I think, too. But guys like that are also could be reasons why Christian Miller could make this roster, why F.A. Obada could make this roster, why Jaden Mickens could potentially make this roster because of the versatility that they bring. And then Javian Elliott and Corn Elder, I have both getting in. Both have been competing at the nickel position. Elliott has been running with the ones lately, but Corn Elder has been getting some reps with the ones in as well. And I think there's enough space here for both of these guys to make this roster, but there were certainly some tough cuts, you know, um, I think guys like Colin Jones still with his special teams value, that, that was a pretty tough cut to make again, the, the running backs, it was really hard to, to, to decide how many to keep compared to, you know, some of the other positions, uh, Jordan Kunizic, you know, he, he's performed well. I, I really like the way he's been playing. I like his speed. Uh, he, he's a tough cut. I think he's someone that certainly can be claimed by another team if uh, if he gets let free. And like I said, Jaden Mickens, I had him on my last 53-man projection, left him off this, this time around. So uh, I think once you get down, like I said, I, I was at about like maybe five cuts to go, and that was really when it started getting tough uh, because there are certainly some good players on this roster at the back end that the Panthers are inevitably going to have to let go of come this weekend. And again, keep in mind when you get that final 53 on Saturday, that won't be the final 53 because remember you're churning that waiver wire. You're picking up guys that were cut from the other teams on Saturday and you're still making roster moves on Sunday. So keep an eye out as well on who gets cut from the other teams as well as who gets cut from the Panthers. And we'll try to make sense of the the final 53-man roster once it's more or less set about Sunday night, Monday morning. But I think that's where we stand right now with the Panthers roster. Uh, of course, one game to go. A lot of these players get one more shot to fight. They'll do that Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. And that, of course, will be live on the NFL Network. So we'll be on the lookout for that. And then it is full speed ahead for the regular season. And I could not be any more excited. Uh, before I get out of here, though, I do want to touch, because uh, certainly everybody else here, I'm sure, has given their thoughts I'd like to share my thoughts real quick, too, on the retiring of Andrew Luck. Obviously, it was a bombshell. Nobody saw it coming. I mean, let, let's face it. We're all just 
sitting around Saturday night doing whatever, you know, maybe you're watching the Florida Miami game or hanging out with your family, just doing whatever. And then the news breaks at about 930 at night that Andrew Luck is retiring. And it's like, whoa, like, really? Like, you almost have to double check and be like, is this really Schefter tweeting this? And it was. And it just so happened that Saturday night was also a night for me working on the news desk over at 4 for 4 Football. So I had to quickly get on and write up that news blurb real quick on Luck. And I even said that. I'm like, this is something you have to double check that it's actually Schefter tweeting. But when you watch that press conference and you and, and obviously this was sped up because clearly this wasn't the intention for this all to break out during their game on Saturday night. As they said, uh, the press conference was initially scheduled for Sunday, but because it was all out in the open Saturday night and luck was there. Well, we might as well just have the press conference now Saturday night after the game. And you could just see how emotional he was and how much. It, it broke his heart to have to call it quits like this. But you, you can just tell the guy is just broken mentally and physically from all the beating he had taken o- over the years. And um, Warren Sharp, or, or, you know, from Sharp Football. Uh, brought it up, brought up a real good point about how it, it's all about team building and just continued to mention about how Ryan Grigson just really destroyed this team and never really gave him an offensive line to work with. And it, it just absolutely uh, just, just messed him up. I, I read somewhere, heard somewhere that over a, some period of time, over the last how many years, Andrew Luck has actually been sacked, or knocked down, actually, not necessarily sacked, but knocked down 60 more times than any other quarterback in the league, which is just insane. And now he has to, because of this whole process, and because of the whole, you know, because his body is just so beaten up, he has to walk away at age 29, only having played effectively Five and a half seasons. Let, let's face it. He he came into the league seven years ago, but he really only played about five and a half seasons worth of football because, of course, he missed all of 2017 with that shoulder injury, and then he had a, a couple injuries that cost him nine games in 2015, I believe it was 2015 or 20. I think it was 2015. But either way, so his uh, his time only mounted to about. About five, not even five, or yeah, about eight. Yeah, he played 86 games, so just about five and a half years of actual, actual NFL games that he ended up playing. And, uh, you know, he had a 53 and 33 record, four and four in the playoffs. But again, it's, it's just so unfortunate. But it's obviously what's best for him. If he feels that. The game is just no good for him anymore. His body's already beaten up. You know, he said he wants to spend more time with his family. The kid, I think, already has a master's, if I'm not mistaken. He either has one or is going for one from Stanford. So, I mean, he'll be all right. And as far as the fans that booed Andrew Luck at the game, 
I understand it's it's a shock, and it, it could have just been a heat of the moment type deal. But he still gave you everything he had, and um, I mean, he he obviously did all all he could to get back out there on the on the field for you guys. In fact, I, f- I found like the perfect tweet er- earlier today from um, I'm trying to bring it up, trying to bring it up right now from Charles McDonald of. SB Nation, and he he wrote it perfectly. He said, what bothers me most with fans getting upset at the timing of Luck's retirement is that him retiring now shows he was desperately trying to get ready for the season. It's certainly not a lack of effort. His body just failed him. And I couldn't agree with that tweet anymore. He's absolutely right. This isn't a deal. This, this isn't a matter of Luck quitting on the team two weeks before the regular season start. He clearly wanted to play, and he did everything possible to get back out there. I mean, you even saw he was warming up before, uh, the, the I think it was the last preseason game in week two. He's you know kind of doing some drills and whatnot. So he gave it everything he had, and his body just said no. His, his body, physically, he couldn't do it. Mentally, he couldn't do it. And so, unfortunately, it, it led to this. But it's it's not like the, the Colts were running with luck as the starting quarterback throughout the preseason, and now all of a sudden, Jacoby Brissett has to get thrown in there. Luck hadn't been practicing, so Brissett had been getting the number one reps. He may not have been really playing in the preseason or in the actual games, and he didn't play last week, but he was getting those reps. And he was getting that time with the rest of the offense. So it's it's not like they have to completely turn things around because all of a sudden it's a change of quarterback. Um, you know, Ian Rappaport even said the, the Colts were preparing for this. They, they had known that Luck was mulling retirement for about two weeks. That's a lot of time in the NFL. And now it, it finally broke that he decided to retire and now they'll go forward with Jacoby Brissett. So are they the favorites now in the AFC South? That's tough. I still like this roster. Um, obviously, it's a major. There, there's no question. It's a major downgrade at quarterback from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett. But this is not the same Jacoby Brissett that we saw two years ago that went like four and twelve in the regular season. And this is not the same Colts roster from two years ago that went like four and twelve. This is a much better weaponry. It's a much better offensive line. It's an amazing defense, you know, with one of the best safeties in the game in Malik Hooker. Like, this is a good, and you know, you had a rookie that I think led, what, led the league in tackles or had a, a, or was one of the league leaders in tackles last year in Darius Leonard. So you've got a really good roster here. So it's it's just a matter of, you know, Frank Wright just helping Brissett stay on, on the straight and narrow. And I think the Colts will be fine. I really do believe that the Colts can still contend for, the, for this division. I mean, you look at the other teams on – or the, you look at the rest of the, te- the rest of this division, the other, the other three teams. Are any of these teams now that much better than the Colts, even with the change in quarterback? Like, are the Texans – 
all of a sudden rising to the runaway favorites? I don't think so. The Texans may have a really good quarterback in Deshaun Watson, but guess what? Deshaun Watson is now facing the same scenarios that Andrew Luck did for a few years ago. He's playing behind a horrendous offensive line, and he's the one that's now getting absolutely beaten and broken. You know, how many times now in the last in uh, in his last two seasons, or I should say season and a half, before Watson went down, how many times did he get sacked? Like, it, it's almost a miracle that the Texans had the season that they did last year. That they went from 0-3 to 11-5 and winning the division behind a porous offensive line. That tells you how great of a season and how much he ca- how much weight Deshaun Watson carried on that offense. Yeah, the defense was obviously really good too. But Deshaun Watson carried that offense and really helped carry them into the playoffs. Can he do it again? You know, he certainly could. But the Texans didn't do anything to improve their offense or their offensive line. Yeah, they drafted two players, or they they drafted two offensive tackles, but are those two guys really ready to step right in and be immediate contributors? They certainly aren't impact players, that's for sure. I like Titus Howard. I I like Max Sharping. But I didn't like them in the first and second rounds. I like the Moore's day three picks, especially Howard. I would have never thought he'd be a first-round pick. Yeah, he impressed at the Senior Bowl, but I never thought he would have jumped into the first round. I think that was more kind of a desperation move because the Eagles had jumped the Texans for Andre Dillard and, and really kind of stuck it to them. And the Eagles now are set for the future, whereas Houston is still scrambling. So is Houston really a strong favorite in the AFC South? Is Jacksonville really a strong favorite in the South? Yeah, you got Nick Foles, but can he continue? You know, we've seen what he did with for the Eagles in the playoffs the last couple couple years, but now can he do it for a full season? He does have John DeFilippo as his offensive coordinator, so that'll help. But can he do it now for a full 16-game season? Can the defense continue to be as top-notch as it has been? I mean, I think they can. You know, especially someone like Jalen Ramsey, who's now playing for uh, a, a big contract. He, he's going to get one, but now, knowing that he hasn't got an extension yet, how's he going to feel? So he'll be interesting to watch. And then the Titans. I mean, you, you talk about a team that's been stuck in mediocrity for a couple years now. I mean, three straight years of nine and seven. And now you have a big quarterback problem. Marcus Mariota is not the quarterback you expected him to be. You know, he's entering his final year of his contract, and you haven't gotten out of him what you would have liked to have gotten out of him as a second overall pick in the draft. Obviously, part of that has to do with the fact that he'll now be playing under his fourth offensive coordinator in five seasons in the league. So he doesn't have that continuity with the offense. It's just too much changeover. But his development has been held back quite a bit because of that. And it's prevented the Titans from really elevating to that next level. And it's those reasons why they had the, they went out and traded for Ryan Tannehill to kind of create maybe not necessarily a, a conundrum at the quarterback position, but just to kind of light a fire under Marcus Mariota. But are the Titans really ready to take that next level? Can they, can they finally break through the 10 wins? You know, last year, 
the final game of the season was kind of a perfect example. They're playing the Colts in a winner-go-home, essentially a playoff game, in what was the final game of the regular season. They were at home against the Colts. Winner goes to the playoffs. Loser goes home. And the Titans lost. Marcus Mariota got injured. Blaine Gabbert had to go in. And the Titans lost. And that's another thing with Mariota's career, too, was injuries. So I look at this division, and I really still do feel like this the Colts te- this Colts team can still challenge for the AFC South title. You may be looking at a scenario where nine and seven could win this division, or even eight and eight could win this division. This is this has become maybe the more one of the more intriguing divisions. Not necessarily because of star power, but just because of how tight-knit all these teams seem to be. And I I think it's going to be a strong race uh, for the division title. But I still feel the Colts... In fact, if I had to pick right now, I think i still pick the Colts to win the division. Even with Jacoby Brissett now at quarterback. Because with Frank Reich as coach, driving that offense, and all this time now to develop. You know, you have 17 weeks... 16 games, eventually he'll develop, I think, and build that rapport with all these receivers in this offense. And it's a strong offensive line. So I I think the Colts, I honestly think the Colts will be fine. And I think they could still go something like maybe nine and seven and possibly still win the division. So that, that's just my thought on luck and the Colts in general. So um, I appreciate you guys kind of sticking through that kind of, long-winded rant there um let me let me know your guys thoughts uh your roster predictions where did i go right where did i go wrong and your thoughts on luck and your your thoughts on the Colts. hit me up on twitter at bill underscore seti and of course download the podcast uh himalaya google spotify wherever you listen to your podcast it's there uh thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time right here on lop until then take care my friends If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.